Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Sean and John. How are you, Sean? Yep, going pretty well. I'm a little bit crook, but nothing too bad. I'm in school holidays, so I've been having a few units every night since that started. How are you, John? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I was just saying to everyone off pod, um, got my second COVID jab tomorrow, which is dead exciting. Um, so yeah, so I've got like the next, I don't know, four days off or something, just in case I get sick, because I was pretty ill last time. So yeah, got a nice long extended weekend for me. Cement tablets, mate. You'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the plan. I got all my lem sips ready. Uh, ready to go. Yeah, I was a little bit sick with my second jab, but nothing... Not, not, nothing not worse than nah, nothing. No, the first one was nothing. But like the, no, nah, I was actually okay. It was just about a sore arm and swelling in my lymph nodes and like a few hours of a fever. That's about. There you go. That's what I want. <laughs> That's the, fingers crossed. All right. So everyone will just do the usual shout to start the podcast off. So if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed, please do so in your favorite podcast app. Would really appreciate that. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a review, preferably a five-star review because, you know, don't really want one stars, but, you know, <laughs> five-star, hook a brother up. We'll, we'll love you forever. Or you could leave a, a one-star one, but say, and I, these guys are actually amazing, but I know that you're not going to read the five-star reviews. <laughs> yeah, do that. That's what to do. Reverse <laughs> psychology, lovely. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, so we'll get straight into it. We had two games that we played in the last week. So start off with a 3-0 win over Wraith Rovers. Starting lineup, Joe Harding goals. Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Montgomery as a defence. Midfield of McCarthy, Turnbull and Rogic. And then Abada, Ayeti and Jota up front. Uh, quickly just jump to some stats for a second. 19 shots, 8 on target, 73% possession. More than almost 500 more passes. What was your take on the game, Sean? Yeah, it was, we called it pretty much. I called it exactly what happened last week when we were on the pod. Said we get to 3 0 and just take the foot off the gas and it would finish that way. And that, that's what happened. Uh, I used to work in Stockroom in Argos in Scotland and we had a, a tipping game so that we'd, prick, uh, we'd pick the scores. Uh, from all the SPFL games and every week if Celtic or Rangers were at home it was always 3-0, 3-0 everyone would pick 3-0 and you'd be right like 7 or 8 times a year uh, just tipping 3 nows. Uh and it, the reason being that you know 2-0 is a dicey one but at 3-0 you just let up you know you might get a 4th you might not you, they might score one they might not but the game's never in danger at 3-0 so it just drops a gear and, and that's pretty much what happened here uh, with regards to the first goal it was quite funny. Uh, great through ball from McCarthy, uh, but then all the Wraith players have put their hand up to claim offside, uh, except for the one guy who was playing him onside. <laughs> he, he's, it's quite funny. Everyone else is like, well, offside, offside. Number six is just looking over at the linesman like, any chance? Uh, and nah, after that, there was no way back for them, really. The next two goals were kind of a good goalkeeper with a save, both of them. So... We weren't great, but we got the job done. And yeah, everything that was expected. I mean, I guess that you could put a negative on that and say, look, that was our first choice team and we only just got the job done. I don't know. I'll look at that quickly and just say, well, with a couple of quick bookings and 
and getting sent off for Zanata in the 59th minute. It was pretty much, all right, we're up 3-0. We've got the margin. We've got the extra player. Let's just hold the ball and just, you know, see the game out. Try to like preserve our legs for the weekend. Fat load of good that did. But, um, yeah, that was why I looked at it. What was your take, John? Yes, um, very similar. Um, I, I I thought that, yeah, we were great in spells. And then, like um, Sean was saying, we just took our foot off the gas, which is expected for games like this. You know, um, Psychologically, I guess it's hard for any professional to keep up that momentum for so long. But um, I, I think the only thing I really wanted to add was I thought this was really the first time I saw Jota looking really dangerous and all of like he's starting to get comfortable at this point and you know he was really coming onto his game and stuff and you know we talk about him later on as well but he's clearly a player to watch I think I think he's going to be really good for us but um yeah I mean look I think this I think probably the way Wraith played flattered us a lot as well um I think some of the passing is was still kind of um not quite the standard that I think we would expect especially from previous seasons, maybe not last season, but especially the season before. But um, but yes, look, a win is a win. And I think it was good psychologically to get that win. Um, yeah, but overall, yeah, I'm I'm obviously happy. So win, yeah, 3-0 is a, is a good result. But things to work on even at that point, I think. And off the back of that game, we had the, um, the draw for the next round. So we got St. Johnston. Thoughts, guys? I mean, there's no easy teams at this stage. So I, I'm glad it's at Hamden. So it gives us a better chance. If it was at McDermott Park, I wouldn't fancy it. But I think we should be okay at Hamden, you know. Yeah. I, do, I mean, it, I, for me, it depends what Celtic turns up, to be honest. But um, yeah, look, you, you, you obviously want to beat um, the current title holders. And that's good that, um, you know, we've got St. Johnson, makes the final a bit more exciting. Assuming we get through, obviously, but um, yeah, I agree. Should be we should go through. I wouldn't say comfortably here, but um, I would say you know something like two one, three three two, something like that. I got a simple quote for you. To quote Ric Flair: "To be the man, you got to beat the man." Woo! There it is. <laughs> there you go. Then Johnson, um, you know, won both the cups last season. So if we want to be cup holders, we have got to beat them. So yeah. happy days. I think we should do them. Oregon's probably. Two one or three one, but we'll 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 predict that a bit cl- closer to the game when we preview it when it's happening. But because who knows what the injury situation is going to be like for us, for them, suspensions, the works, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot that can happen between now and then. But yeah, I'm just either way, I wasn't fussed if it was them or Rangers. I would have been happy. I, I'm hoping it's us and um us and Hibs for an all green and white cup final. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here, what do you what do you make of uh, the bench from the Rafe Rovers game? We've got nine subs and none of the well, is about the closest you've got to a youth team player in there. Do you know what I mean? Like if you think back to the days when we only had five subs in the bench, if you're playing a lower division team, you'd always get one kid on the bench where if you're cruising, you can bring them on for a run out and see what they're about, you know? Like back in the day, you'd have like Simon Lynch or Sean Maloney or uh, even Simon yeah, Freddy or the one Sorry? who would be that player on the bench started at left back. Uh, Montgomery, you mean? But no, nah, even I mean, we know what he's about now. But I'm talking about like you know, even nine, nine spots yeah. in the bench. 
Like, why not? In Moffat. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody that's not played a game, like Moffat or um, what's the other boy up front that's scoring the goals? I forgot his name now. Um, I can't remember yeah. now. But there's the one that's he's only 17 or 18 scoring the goals for the B team. But yeah, one, like, especially when there's no options. Do you know what I mean? There was the point in having, I don't know, like, Got Beaton and Welsh on the bench and Urigidi. There's three centre backs on the bench there. And then we're bringing Beaton on yeah, for a 20 minute run out. Yeah. So five subs. We've got of nine subs, five are defenders. Six, I think, is it not? One. Oh, six, because you're in a bench. Six, yeah. Six out of nine are defenders. And then you've got a striker and you've got sorry. That's it. And then the goalkeeper. I thought yeah. the funniest thing, right? Is I have no idea who he is, but they had a D Mackay on the bench. I was like, is that where Dom's ended up? <laughs> um, yeah. Is that in Aidan Connolly as well? He's he he's played for Queen's Park. Um yeah. I, I, I agree. They should that we should have um you know used some of the B team players and the youth the, and stuff. The only problem is I'm gonna say it, what I've heard about the youth team is if you go down and you play a block of games, it's not as simple as you can just chuck them straight in the first squad. There's like a certain amount of time they've got to have before they can change. Mm. Makes no sense to me. But like that's the issue we've, we've had with Shaw. There's been a few times there where he went down and played two or three Colts games and then we couldn't bring him straight into the first team. Like Here's one I would have loved to see getting mm-hmm. a run in that game as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm still unclear on those rules. Yeah, me too. I, I have no idea how that works yet, but I have no idea what the actual rule is. I'm just going off what I've seen people saying on Twitter and other pods and stuff because it's like, who knows? It's not a permanent agreement to have a Colts team in the Lowland League. So if it was every year going forward, then I'm sure we'd all know the ruling at that point. Yeah, I mean, look, I actually went out my way to try and find the rule and could not. So I don't know. That way I did the same thing. I thought it was just me. I thought, don't worry. If I can't find it, Sean will. There you go, mate. You're <laughs> the ball. Doesn't exist. Staple to the back of the five way agreement. Hey, there it is. <laughs> da, 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 da. Love it. <laughs> All right. So we'll jump on to the next game from the weekend Celtic won, Dundee United won. Um, starting lineup: Joe Harden goals, Ralston, Carter, Vickers, Starfelt, Juranovic at left back. Midfield of Rogic, McCarthy, Turnbull again, and up front was Abada, Yeti, and Jota. Um, yeah, Abada with the goal. Interesting fact: their goal scorer Harks, his missus plays in our women's team and also scored a goal on the weekend. So both of them scored goals in games involving Celtic on the weekend. She the one that scored the winner? I believe so. Last minute. So, stats, 23 shots, 7 on target, 64% possession. Usual, usual stuff there. 12 fouls, lovely. couple of offsides. Yeah. Sean, I'll throw to you. I'm sure you've got some points here. Yeah, I thought they were actually pretty good on the United. Uh, I'm not going to, like, compared to when we played Sevco, I, I don't... Like or even maybe they were better, maybe comparable at least to the game against Sevco. I thought they had a good crack at it. Um, they had a good runabout, uh, lots of energy and youth, good composure. 
I thought we were slack with our passing. Uh, we did not look up to pace. Uh, McCarthy was putting himself into tackles and ended up getting himself hooked uh, at halftime with presumably he got a couple of sore ones. Um, Juranovic off injured. There's another one. Yeah, I thought... Um, yeah, we weren't we weren't very sharp. We didn't have much ideas, and I was going to save it for Sean's statistics. Uh, but can I go back to what the the one I rolled out last week? So do you remember what I said last week about the crosses against Livingston? Mm-hmm. Like forty of them, or something like that. Yeah, so we had four, 40 crosses against Livingston. So when we beat Rafe Rovers three 0 we have twenty four crosses. And when we draw one each with Dundee United, we're back up to 39 crosses. So the no, if you look at the number of crosses from Celtic in a game, it is an indicator of just running out of ideas and not being able to break teams down. Uh, we can give you all the caveats. I mean, like, Ayeti's missed a sitter. We've hit the crossbar three times. Yeah, whatever. Dundee United could have easily had a penalty. Uh, you're shitty if Celtic... If that happens at the other end and you don't get it, you're sh- you're going to be shitty. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Dundee United were good. One, it was a frustrating game. We we deserved to win, even if even though Dundee United were good, we did still deserve to win it. I'll just quickly jump in there and say, well, with McCarthy going off at half time, they were lucky that, that I think it was Fuchs wasn't sent off for his tackle, so they got away with one there. It was a shocking tackle. But at the same time, like as we're discussing, it's I'm I'm finding it tough to you know fault the guys who were out there for the simple fact that yes things didn't go to plan, but I was wanted to discuss this later on anyway about the current squad issues that we've got. But I don't want to make excuses, but we've the simple facts of this game uh, we should have won. And if if you were was it Tam Courts, their manager, and you had these options, this is my main thing I want to bring up here. If you had the options to add these guys that were on our bench, the Scales, Biton, Sorrow, Bain, Montgomery, Welsh, or Moffat, if you added them into the into the Dundee squad, would they have been starting for Dundee or would they be bench players there? What do you guys think? Well, I can tell you for sure that uh Fuchs would have been the fourth choice player in our midfield. He would be ahead of Sorrow. He's a better player than Sorrow and any other midfielder we had on the bench. So, realistically, my my take on it is Scales would start there. Bain wouldn't start over Segrist. Sorrow and Biton, no. Montgomery, maybe. Welsh would have been a starter for them. Moffat, probably not. So, realistically, that shows how far down our depth chart we are. There's, but at the same point, it's not good enough. Like, we still should have won. Yeah. I mean, and I think every stat we can read out reflects that. I mean, the XG for that game was 3.74, right? So, we should have been scoring three, four goals just on the chances we were created. You know, with five, five big opportunities to score apparently, um, 19 direct passes. I mean, I think this is one of those games that is just frustrating for the way that um, 
for the way that Celtic was playing at the time and the sort of what would to expand upon the point you're making about our depth, we don't really have our uh, players on the bench to react to situations. I mean, the amount of crosses, I mean, we've, I've been saying, we saw, said this last season as well, but when teams sit deep, crossing is the stupidest thing we could possibly do because you've got, I mean, seven, eight, nine players heading up, 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 the opportunity to head the ball away. And we've only got maybe two or three, maybe four at a push. Like attackers to, to actually attack that ball. Crossing is the is the worst thing you need to you could do. We need on the on the ground direct passing. Um, so yeah, like I I just I, honestly I, um, I I thought the the tactics alone for the game was probably what screwed it for us. Um, because look, we can talk about the refereeing as well, um, but how how far we can actually talk about. I mean, refs are always going to give us shit games, right? So we've got to actually score. We've got to we've got to make it so that that is never an option to be a problem, right? Um, just, I, I I also think like Aeti is so one dimensional. That's but with, it's the only option we've got just now. I mean, we, yes, okay, we could have brought Moffat on, but are we really risking at one one? Are we are we really going to risk bringing Moffat on to change it up? I don't think that does much. Um, and I, look, and the other thing as well is Ange has said in the media recently, which I guess we can sort of talk about now, which is he's, very, he's been very clear. He doesn't want us as fans to be blaming the players. He doesn't want to be saying that people aren't trying. He doesn't want to say that um, fans are making mistakes. He, th- he wants everybody to focus all of the attention on himself. I got it wrong. My tactics are. So what do we think? I mean, me personally... I don't know what the fuck Ange can do, to be honest. What's he? What, who's he? Who's he bringing on? Who's he? What, what formation is he changing? I mean, yes, okay. Like we could say we're cursed with injuries and stuff, but we also just don't have the players in. If we had, if no, all our players are, you know, not injured. Do we really have that much depth to? Do we still have players to be brought on and absolutely change a game? I'm not sure we do. We might have a couple here and there to rotate stuff, but. I still think we're we're still in this transition period. We're still in this growth era where we are going to have games where, you know, we absolutely should have won it. And I think all of the stats reflect that. It hasn't quite gone our way, but, you know, these are the sort of results we're probably going to get for a while. Well, speaking on that point there, John, like, I actually think a Yeti playing as a lone striker is the biggest reason we've had at the club for him struggling since he's signed for us. Yeah, I don't think, I think he's the sort that needs to play as a, as, an, as a lone striker. He has to play as part of a pair. I actually think we signed him to play alongside Edward last season. Never happened. And that would have made more sense because the way Lennon finished the nine-in-a-row season with Edward and Griffiths next to each other, then you bring in a Yeti. Now you've got three strikers. You can rotate through two spots in that where we're looking at the, the three at the back, five, and two up front. And then that just completely changed, and we went back to this, you know, four four two three one formation that 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 looks like we're playing at the moment, or a four three three with only one striker in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah, he doesn't bring the pressing game. He doesn't have the hold up and the link up play. No, so, that's not. It's just not his game. That's just not what. You're absolutely right. That's not. That's not his strengths. He's if we, if it was perfect scenarios, right? The way that you play a Yeti and you play him well is you probably have, like you're saying, Jared, you have him with 
you partner him with another striker, right? And you and you ask your wingers to take shots from just outside the box, and you you know you, you speculate that they're going to have opportunities outside the, in those sort of areas, um, and then you get Ayeti to, to pick up scraps where keepers aren't getting hands on it, where you know maybe it gets goes to a defender and it slightly gets knocked on, and Ayeti's at the back post. That's where you get the most out of Ayeti. Playing him as we are now as this um, target man rather than a poacher, it's just not working. I mean, and, but what what can we do? What 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 is our, what are Celtic's options right now? Nothing. I mean, Jack Amak is um, is such an unknown quantity. Everybody thinks that oh, why are we playing? Why are we playing Ayeti? We'll just we'll just play Jack Amakis and then and that will sort it. We have no idea what the guy's like. We have no idea whether he can step up to Planet Celtic right now. That's such a risk. Especially expectations, but you know, also tactically, we've been hitting miss hot signing players from Holland over the years too. So who knows how he's going to come in? Is he going to come in and you know be a Larson coming in from final, or is he going to come in and be a Dirk Borogda from Ajax? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like who? Fuck, I have no idea. I, I mean, I, me, I've said this before. I'm slightly skeptical of him. I think he's had one very good season. Happened to be last season, which was a a weird fluke of a statistical season for for most European teams, um, but who knows? Uh, I think in a game like this, if he was fit, you could have probably brought him on and speculate that he was going to get a goal. Um, maybe with that amount of crosses, he would have. He's supposedly good at the head. I have no idea what he's actually like, but if he was, yeah, if he was to come in and hit the ground running, banging goals, all that sort of stuff, I'll happily go. Okay. Well played, sir. But I actually wanted us to sign that Henry bloke from yeah. up in Belgium. He was the one I wanted. He looks like a gigantic version of Furuhashi in terms of the way he run, but then he'd make he's always on the shoulder running. Look a six foot four version of him. Good in the air, good with left and right foot. He was the guy I wanted, but we weren't gonna spend seven million on a on a striker. Not, 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 not this season. Not especially how you know. Apparently, we've been borrowing money to to buy players. Well, we spent no. seven million on Jackamarcus and Kyogo combined, so you get two for the same price. There you yeah. go. Yeah, you know exactly. So, look, if we if we are going to take Ange and and do exactly what we we're asked of him from him, um, and just and just look at what the manager is doing and focus nothing else. And it's completely all of the blame is, is at his feet. Um, th- obviously there are things that we uh, agree tactically. We would definitely need to change. And I think one of those is probably doing some sort of system change, some sort of formation change when we have teams that sit back that deep, we need a response and we, that needs to change in, in the space of like five minutes. Like, I, I, I don't know when, Dundee United started to sit deep. I would say probably from the get-go, and they were definitely hitting us on the counter very efficiently as well. Um, but I would say in the first 25 minutes, if we can recognize that that's what they're doing, we snap into a different formation. Um, and I think I think Jota can play in a forward role like that as a as a striker. I'm not entirely sure. I know he can play in like sort of a, an attacking mid position, but maybe we could do something like that. Maybe. If we, do we have even have a winger? See what I mean? I don't even know. Like, do we have the players to be able to snap changes? Probably not. Who, who, Sorrow comment. Sorrow's 
let's talk about sorrow for a second right he is he is not good enough <laughs> at the moment that that i don't know what's happened there but in the space of a couple of months his his standard and it's just dropped off a cliff um he is not so equality at this point i can tell you my my thoughts on sorry before i throw to you sean because i want to get your opinion on what we've been talking about because i can see the you know the wheels ticking over what looking at your face here <laughs> but it's um Sorrow, when we were playing slow-mo football last year under Lenny, where we just walked the ball up the up the pitch, it worked. He looked so energetic. But now you get him in a team, even as it currently is, where everyone's buzzing around and playing a lot faster, and his point of difference to the rest of his teammates, it doesn't show anymore. So now his weaknesses are starting to stand out. If he misplaces passes, if he mistimes a tackle, because Kelmax doing the same running and not making those mistakes. Because Turnbull, he looks like he needs he's getting a bit leggy and needs a bit of a break. But Turnbull's not doing the same sort of thing. So it's starting to stand out more, in my opinion. But throw to you, Sean. Get your take. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorrow, I think, is also getting a bit of a hard time with his reputation now. Because was that one where we, he won the ball on the counter-attack at the weekend and the referee gave a free kick and it was not in any way, shape or form a free kick against Soro. Uh, the Dundee United player tried to fill him and fell over and got a free kick. Uh, so his reputation works against him as well. Uh, but in, in relation to what you're saying as well about the fast moving, I actually think in the last three games we've been pretty pedestrian. Uh, the kind of fast recycling that we've been doing to start the season has kind of dropped off and I assume that's down to fatigue without having the rotation and, and things like that to rely on. We're playing the same team basically uh, every th- every three or four days. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of understandable but not necessarily excusable. And, and what you guys were saying as well about having to make, about a Yeti and about having to make system changes, well, like if you're playing against this low block, the you could you could stack a, a big unit in there and chuck the ball in, but the, the you know the crosses that we have been doing, you know the ones from the corner of the box. That's you you want someone mobile and tall to get on the end of those. And uh, yeah, he's just a bit off it. He's not. He's actually not the bad, the worst choice for that sort of thing. But he's off it. Someone like Edward would be a terrible choice for that kind of cross. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, I don't know who, what sort of player I can even think of in the SPFL that would be any good at that. To be honest, I feel like the game's Dyke. just kind of sorry. Lyndon Dykes when he was yeah, here. yeah. No, like you're right. Yeah, he would be. But like the game's almost just moved on from that sort of thing now. There's just not many that kind of player around now. now nowadays, teams kind of when you're trying to get past a low block, you have to rely on uh, getting the ball into that channel. Uh, between the fullback and the centre back, and kind of really fizzing the ball across goal, and then there was one Montgomery did at the weekend, and and Ayeti was just three yards off it. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like uh just past his toe tips. No, he was three yards away. Like and it was a great ball. Like the the Dundee United goalkeeper and defence were nowhere near it, and that's the sort of goal that uh, Alfredo Morelos will score for the Huns, uh, and it's. Gary Hooper used to score goals like that. Um, Kyogo has been scoring goals like that. That's kind of that's we that's where we've been trying to do, not in the last three games, but that's what we've been trying. And the system. Yeah, even him. Yeah, but that's under, the system we've been. Yeah, he used to do those ones. Mm-hmm. 
But that's definitely the system we've been trying to implement, but it's just not been happening in the last three games. Uh, reasons unknown. Yeah. 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 Um, it, the, look, there's, I, I, I don't think crossing as a, as, a, as a tactic works when teams are doing the park on the bus, the low block and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I much prefer those, um, what you're saying, Sean, about those fizzing passes across the front of the goal and stuff. I think that, that's exactly the sort of stuff. And that, but th- there doesn't seem to be um, a consistent idea at the moment that that's 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 the game plan. It seems to be very much um, players, uh, I don't know, assessment of what's happening in front of them. And I, and I maybe maybe we just got to give Ange far more time. And especially you know the, we talk about all the holes in the in the background, um, the backroom staff and stuff. So eventually, I think these things will come. Um, and 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 I think the biggest caveat of this is, I mean, you said that, how many times did we rattle the, the the bars and the posts and stuff? How many massive opportunities did we miss? I think given any other day when we we might have had a little bit more momentum and a little bit more form, um, we would have been scoring two, three, four goals. Just just doesn't have to quite happen in this game. Well, how um, how did Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan, Brendan Rodgers, even Neil Lennon for a spell? How did they all beat the low block? Stick Bobo Ball there or Stan Varga up for a set piece or Dedrick Boyata. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. They weren't, you know, like they weren't playing beautiful football. They weren't getting in the channels. It was, well, if we can get one from a set piece, that opens the game up. How many times did we win in all those years? How many times did we win a game 1 0, Dedrick Boyata 1 0, or Bobo Ball, the first scorer? I used to make it. Tons of money betting on Bobo Baldi first scorer. I'll tell you when I used to jump on back in the day. Steve McManus as well. Steve McManus first scorer. Yeah, sorry, Jared. Got one I used to jump on back in the day for a punt, and it was always good value when it paid out. But a guy by the name of Stephen Corker, he made a career of being that guy coming up and just headering in goals off corners. Did fuck all else in his career. (laughs) Wasn't the greatest, but he could score the the odd header here and there. I, I used to make an absolute killing betting on Celtic centre backs, first scorer, Glenn Leuven, Stan Varga, whatever you name it. Like it, it, it wasn't obviously it was maybe one in three you'd get it, but the odds are like sixteen and thirty to one. Do you know what I mean? Like good so, chances, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The bookies just had a blind spot for it. Like just it, you wouldn't get it nowadays at Celtic, but it was just disproportionate. You know, the only, the, do, the only problem have, was which centre back is it? You know, do we think we have those centre backs just now? Or, or anybody in the team that does that. I mean, look, a, but that's it, right? <laughs> that's the only that's person. The one, uh, I was going to tie Car- that in. But... Car yeah. Vickers, maybe? Are we starting to see yeah, maybe? maybe? Yeah. Another... Well, I'm, I'm, we're definitely not getting joy out of Rogic taking headers. There's one other guy that is someone who should have played against Wraith Rovers. Dane Murray is one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're, the three, old, they're the three I was thinking of. Murray, Julian, Carter Vickers. Those three can play that, can do that job. But at the moment, know. realistically, it's only Julian. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't know if this is, I, I probably don't, um, it's probably not up to date or anything, but see this, what's the app? The Foot F- F- Mob. I don't know if we use that, but um, there's a little bit of an endorsement. It seems to say that Julian's coming back early October. Who knows if that's, um, I don't know, correct or not, but hopefully he comes back and we can start having a bit of a response to, some of the defensive frailties that we have, and we can do that thing where we can, you know, I mean, Tur- Turnbull's Turnbull's corners and set pieces are fantastic for for where you know 
for what we have just now. Though. So they are very, very good deliveries 65% of the time. Um, so we just we do need somebody to just stick a head on the end of it. And, At least he beats the first man, unlike Christy. Yeah. <laughs> but what, I, what I want to quickly say, just to wrap this topic here up, is with the squad issues, like injuries, yeah, we've got six or seven first-team players out. They'll come back. That'll strengthen the squad. Currently, as we touched on, there's a lack of options there in terms of ideally you want to have two players for every position. When you've got some issues where the first stringer and the second stringer are out and you're kind of having to move players around so they're playing out of position, that's when you start to find these problems that we're having where it looks disjointed. And you look at Juranovic coming in and he's played right back, left back, right midfield, like right wing. So he's played three different positions, yet I am I know he's a good player, but I don't want to see him at left back. We've got Scales, Bolongoli, Taylor when he comes back. We've got Monty. We've got four players who can play there. Why do we need to put a right back over there? It makes no sense to me. So I'd rather be, okay, you stick to the right-hand side and then no, him – then you have Juranovic and Ralston just have a head-to-head battle for that position because that's going to improve us because if I drop my ball and I'm not on the game, if I'm, if I'm Ralston, Juranovic is going to take my spot. It's the same what we had with Paddy Roberts and James Forrest in the Invincible Treble season. Those two are at each other all the time, so you've got quality on your right wing. If then you look at your left-back situation, there's four guys there. Let them battle it out for the starting spot. If scales, scales has looked good when we've seen him. Ball and golly, I don't know. I don't think he's an Ange type player. Taylor, would, a lot of people don't like Taylor, but I think he's the lustig sort of stay at home winger. If you're going to have your right, right back forward, you need a guy staying back. So he at least got three across the back. The way lustig used to stay back so that Tini could get up and down the left. So you've got these options, and Monty's got a hell of a lot of um, improvement to come in him. So. Why do we need to do that? Then the centre back, you've got so much. We've got four or five guys there, so I'm not worried about the defence. We just need to get a settled back line with players playing in their right position and a settled back line because it's constantly changing. Then when everyone else comes back in front of that, we'll be fine. That's my my take on it. But it's patience, and I'm just going to throw a little hand grenade out here. So I'll probably get some comments on this. Gerard got two and a half years to build his team that won the Invincible last season. Yet after two months, people are wanting to are saying Ange isn't up to it, is a fraud, kick him out. If Mental. you're if you're saying that, you're part of the problem. Yeah, John uh, Jared, that links nicely with my statistics that I've got lined up. If you'd like me to segue into that, yes. Okay, I mean, do so... we theme tune for these that <laughs> ones? <laughs> Yeah, for Sean, wasted time when he should have been doing work. Sean should have been doing work, but he was looking up historic Celtic. Uh, Yeah, no. um, Right, so the 10 points out of 21 to me was shocking. So I was like, you know, that puts us on a course for 54 points at the end of the year. Uh, So I was like, right, okay, it's just seven games. What's our worst run of seven games? Let's put it into context here. Because everyone's talking about, yeah, worst league starts since 98. Okay. What's our worst run of seven games? 
So how far back do you think you have to go to get a worse run of seven games? Last season. Bang on. January. Yeah. Okay. So January we had nine points out of 21, and that was when we had the 13 players down with COVID. Yeah. So that was that was worse. Okay. How far back do you think you have to go after that? Um the bat seven games playing badly, probably Dyla, maybe. No, I'll go back further than that. I'll go back to Tony Mowbray, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's in the middle of what you're saying. It was the first, it was 2011. It was the start of nine in a row. Uh, so uh, the start. Well, him. Yeah, so it was the start of that season. And uh, we had the basically identical 10 points from 21. It wasn't the actual start start. It was like a couple of games in. Um, we won the league that year. But the way we recovered from it was we went on a 17-game winning run. That was when we turned at the Rugby Park, wasn't it? Where it was like, we're down 3-0 at halftime or something like that. And then bang, off we went. No, I think it was the year after that. But but either way, yeah. It was a shady start either way. Um, And amongst those, there's a few 11 points. uh, And amongst the nine in a row years, there's a few 11 out of 21s. Uh, but then, if you go back to the three years we lost the league before that, again, 11, 11, 11. So there was nothing, even when we were losing the league before Rangers died, we still weren't getting this kind of bad form. And then if you look back in the Strachan and O'Neill years, the only time it's worse is when we've already won the league. And or Sevco have already won the league, and it's um, putting, you know, it's the end of the season kind of thing. So the only time since this millennium we've had form this bad, other than when the league is over, was once at the start of 2011, January this year, and now they're the three times the form has been this bad in the league. Can I just correct something you said, Sean, quickly? Yep. Mm -hmm. It wasn't when Sevco have won the league. If you... And sorry, you're going sorry, sorry you're right. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Rangers. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I've only won sorry. it once, not 55 times. So I need to yeah. you know, pull you up on that. Because if I don't, you know, that means we're giving on the continuity lie that they that they're living and the victim lie and all that shit. Quite right. I stand corrected. I actually, I actually went back to the 90s as well, just because I was I kept going. And there was one point in 94, 95 season where we had four points out of 21. That was pretty grim. Uh, and that was four draws. It wasn't wow. even, yeah. So there's, there's don't get me wrong. There's been worse in the nineties, but if you look at it in the bare facts, this is pretty much tied for the worst form we've had in the league this millennium. I mean, look, and there's so many mitigating factors there, right? I mean, how how? Let's just say it wasn't Ange. Let's. I think we said this in the group chat. I personally do not believe if you put the best manager in the world in that Celtic squad, in the Celtic, you know, system just now, and they'd get much more joy out of the current situation they're in than Angers, right? I actually think Angers playing really encouraging football. Um, I can definitely see the beginnings of a really good system here. Uh, you know, and all of, all of that modern aspect of the stuff that we're probably we've talked about at length previous podcasts and we're going to talk about um probably in other podcasts and stuff um how you can just decide that Angie's done after that many games is it just baffles me 
we've been completely gutted since Rogers left. Consistently gutted. Every single, every single transfer window, every single season. That we've had more out, and I don't mean first team staff, uh, first team players, I mean all staff across Sowick. We've had more going out and we've had coming in. And it's, and to then pick, ask somebody to pick that up and build, you know, their own vision from that, to expect a turnaround in the really, sh- I think probably more than anything, we had Celtic fans as like a as a group. We had our expectations set really high. I think when Ange came in and holy Christ, this this guy's fucking amazing, um, really made us go, oh well, then we just expect this is going to be back to normal. We can just put normal pressure on him and stuff. But it, it's not going to work quite out like that, is it? He's, there's going to be ups and downs in form and stuff and um and uh, you know at least we're not at least it's not catastrophic like it was last season. You know what I mean? We can but we can see a system and we can I, I mean me personally as a Zerg fan, I, I'm happy for him to have 18 months, to be honest, two years to actually implement a system before I start making any sort of big judgments on him. Yes, people are saying, you know, there's 40 million available at the end of the season straight into Champions League. I'm gonna Throw that caveat in off the end of what you just said there, John. But it's going to take time. We all know it. Yes, we had a few few results go our way, a couple of 6 nils and stuff like that, and people are just like, oh, this guy's the second coming of Jesus. Here we go, sort of thing. Calm the fuck down. Like, let's yeah. be honest here. We're playing teams that are down the bottom of the league. We're playing all the remaining top six teams from last season away from home first, first time around in the – first 12 games or 11 games or whatever. So until we're at least halfway through the season where everyone's played everyone at least once home and away, it's hard to judge. So I'll look at it and go, it's not ideal, but we're only six points behind Rangers and they've got to go on the road and play all these away games next time around when we're at home playing these teams. So we could make those those points up. By then, we'll have players back, we'll have people in training, We'll hopefully have a settled back line and off we go. And then we strengthen again in January. But yeah, it's going to be one of them ones where I understand it's all 40 million pound. We're going to Champions League. We had a loss because of COVID. We can't let Rangers have it because then they'll be out of debt finally. I get all that. I'm not saying that's it. And I want you all to hear this. I'm, I've openly said Ange wasn't my first choice. Yes, I'm Australian, but he wasn't my first choice for Celtic. So I don't even want to hear those comments that, oh, you're just saying this because you're Australian. I've had that thrown at me on Twitter this week as well. Cold hard facts are this is going to take time on the rebuild. Everyone knew it before the season. Let's not, you know, bullshit ourselves and say, nah, if he's not win, he doesn't win this weekend, you're out the door. Mental. I, don't, I don't expect to beat Leverkusen later this week. We go to Pataudry. I'm hoping we win because they're in as bad a situation as we are, but we'll talk about that later. But that's the priority this week, getting those three points at Aberdeen. Yeah. And much Just to, to continue what you're saying there about um, some um, fans on Twitter and stuff and social media giving you giving you shit because you're Australian and stuff, the same, the same criticism that we have of English fans saying Scottish league or Scottish players or players that play in Scotland aren't good for X, Y, and Z reasons, yet they've never watched a bloody Scottish game ever. Sailor fans that seem to be doing the same thing and assuming what Ange's credentials are like, having never seen him or watched any of his previous teams, 
who, if if these you know certain fans want to say Ange doesn't have the right experience to do it, you say okay, what what was the last J League game you watched? What was the last eight? When was the last Australian national team you watched? Do you know what I mean? Like there's it's it's a it's a real um, hypocritical thing to say when you actually haven't watched and experienced Ange in any of these other previous games. I haven't done that, which is which is why I will listen to other people who have and try and take that on board. But it, it, it yeah. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, just just to be the voice of people who aren't here, just to kind of yeah. try and devil's balance advocate. it. Uh, yeah, it's a devil's advocate. Um, we had that same promise uh, when Tony Mowbray came in, and we'd all seen Tony Mowbray do it at Hibs. You know, we'd seen it happen. And we're like, yep, cool, we're getting this at Celtic now, and it didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, like it does, like, it's fair enough that we all want to be patient and we all want this to happen but a manager can lose the dressing room if you're not winning games it's out it yep and but that doesn't i mean that might happen and you know touch wood it doesn't um but i i i think Anne should be given more of the benefit of the doubt i think any manager should be given more benefit of the doubt and i think it's i mean look he could easily be the next mowbray but he could easily be the next dr joe for instance he could have could go either way just because we don't know who he is we don't know the experience of um, of that particular person. Does not mean that he's gonna, and and he might lose it at Selwick, and that doesn't mean that he's a bad manager. It just means it didn't work out at Selwick and stuff. But look, I, I, yeah, yeah. And if that happens, I'll I, honestly I'll put my hand up and I'll say it. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because I'm Australian. Like if he doesn't cut it, he doesn't cut it. I've bagged out Rogic on this podcast numerous times. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm a Celtic fan first. So yeah, absolutely. But I, mean, but I mean, for me, I don't know if everybody feels the same way. I, I actually think it, it would have been um, completely, ir- irrespective of whoever came in, I would have given them at least a season and a half, maybe a season of a push. So I just wanted, I think, I think the rebuild is, is that big. And I think we've been blinded by short-term success up until recently. Perfect. was Eddie Howe, would people be reacting this way? No. Because he's got the name value. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually yeah. bringing it up. Yes, I think there was, I was trying to think of the word for it, but reputationism was the only thing that came to mind, which, <laughs> isn't, which is not a word. But look, Shakespeare made that word, so I'm going. To... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, jump on. Give us the usual wrap up of the women and Colts teams. Uh, yeah, actually, not too much happening, but the women had a great. Uh, when at the weekend I was kind of tracking it on Twitter and then it, it got to like 90 minutes and I was like, oh, we're going to drop points here. Uh, and nope, sure enough, they got an injury time winner versus Aberdeen, which is good because Aberdeen were actually in good form as well. Uh, so that puts the women second in the league on seven points, tied with Glasgow City, who we drew two each with. Again, came back from 2-0 down last week. So we're behind them in goal difference, but we're level points with them, same number of games. Good start. Uh, they've got Motherwell away tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, and Party Thistle away on Sunday at home. So if you can get down to that on Sunday, maybe a good one. Uh, the B team didn't have a game. For some reason, they had a bit of a furlough in their games. They're currently sixth in the table, 11 points off the top, but they've played four games fewer than the top team, which I think from memory is Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, there's quite a, it's quite a weird kind of, 
mixture of teams on nine games, 10, 11, 12, 13, all up and down the table. So it's hard to really judge it. Uh, we've got a run of home games coming up as well, if you're interested in, in the Airdrie area. East Stirling on Friday night and Spartans in next Wednesday night. Uh, so, And we've got a couple of home games as well after that. So we could get a more realistic uh, picture of where they should be uh, after this. Thanks for that. It's a good wrap up and good luck to the women's team tonight and the Colts on Friday night. And uh, yeah, want to see both those teams doing well as getting to pick up some points and do us proud. So uh, good luck to them. Now, the main event of the evening we'll discuss Celtic versus Leverkusen on Thursday night. I touched on it earlier and said, yeah, I don't really uh... – I actually said Leverkusen is probably the best team in this, in our group by a long shot. So I don't expect – if we get a draw, I'll be happy with that. I don't expect that to happen, but if there's a draw, great. I'd be absolutely stoked with that. We've got the return of Jeremy Frimpong to uh, to deal with. Leverkusen, I've watched him a couple of times in the Bundesliga and – playing some good football. They're sitting second in the league at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Even if we had our full-string full squad against their team, then I'd still be happy with a draw. So the fact that we're going in there with such a depleted lineup, if we get a draw, it's as good as a win. What's your take, John? Uh, yes, I agree. I think um, when we played Betis, I was surprised about how well we actually did um and i thought we probably should have we probably deserved to draw out of that game um it's uh, yeah and i think if that celtic turns up if we if we play that well again i think um a draw is possible i think in these types of games what we just need to do is just test see where we're at against i mean yeah leverkusen are the best team in the group i think they're going to um i think they're probably going to take first place and stuff so um yeah, we just need to be able to see where we're at against a very, very good team. Um, and I would be quite happy with the draw as well. And you, Sean? Yeah, I don't think anyone expects us to win this, really. Uh, it's a good team. Uh, and then we're not exactly overdone with players. It's going to be the same 11 that started against Wraith Rovers, you know. Juranovic was the only one that came in, and now he's back out. Oh, wait, McCarthy. I think McCarthy was just a slight injury, so he might be in. Uh, otherwise, Soro's going to be in midfield, so it's going to be... A bit so we're going to 10 minutes after about half an hour. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're not going to have a, get, a fair shake at it, to be honest. It's going to be one of those games where one each is a good result. Uh, and then we're more than likely going to lose 2-1, but it's possible we get one to win 2-1 if the crowd are really up for it and the players are really up for it, but one each seems your odds on bet here, right? I mean, they're, they're yeah, just hanging on as long as you can. Yeah. yeah, they're sitting second at the moment in the Bundesliga. We yeah, always get these teams when they're in fucking great forms. I mean, yeah. like Lazio did nothing the year before or the year after they played us, but they were like challenging for the title when we played them. And every time we get a team from whatever league, they're always Champions League yeah. the next year. 
Yeah, yeah. This is a Champions League team, and I think that's what I think that's what we need to be able to. That's what we need to measure ourselves against. Is like, this is probably a Champions League team that's going through to knockout stages, um, with their current form, especially. So where where are we? How far? And I think I mean, Jared, you probably know better than I do. But what's what's the chances of Ange just changing systems and uh, doing what other teams do against us? Parking the bus and then trying to hit on a counter. Do we have the players to do that? <laughs> I can honestly say I think I've seen him play with a back five maybe twice in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So we play three centre backs, two wing backs. But the funny thing is, we could probably do that because that's where we actually have the majority of our fit players. Yeah. Yeah. You could play Welsh, Starfelt, Carter Vickers in the middle. And then, yeah. Go from there. You could probably actually do that, but we, how would we, it we, yeah. line up further up the pitch? Um, do and we do. We, oh God, Abada and Jota might have the pace to break um, on a counter fast, but Jesus, I, I I really don't know. I mean, is that is that? I don't think that's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think we'll play that. I don't, I just don't think we'll we'll probably try and that. I'd actually play Jota and Abada as your strikers. Because realistically, you're going to be looking to hit hit them on the counter and quick and go with speed. So that would actually work a bit better because those two are two very direct players. And then behind that, you'd have what Sorrow as your anchor in the midfield, and then you probably play Turnbull and I'd play Turnbull and McCarthy. I wouldn't even, or yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd Rogic to rest, keep him for Aberdeen. Well, I mean, Rogic's probably the wrong. If we, if you're right, if we're gonna, if we're gonna sit deep like that, which we probably won't, but if we were to, Rogic's the wrong player for, to do something like that. He just doesn't have. He's, he's not that type of player to um, work hard at get, getting the ball back and stuff. Um, he's, and the least, think, he's the least explosive runner we have in our midfield. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes that's actually to the, his benefit, right? Is is he actually controls the space extremely well? And I don't. I think Turnbull's very much in the same shade as Rogic. So I think there is probably issues with playing them both at the same time, but we obviously don't have much options to do anything else. Any of your thoughts, Sean? I just, I'm thinking we're going to have Beton playing in midfield. And it's ah, Jesus. I, just it. brain and I saw the faces you were pulling and I'm like, I need a penny for these thoughts. Yeah, this is... <laughs> it's Beton time. Beton time, man. Oh, uh, who else? Who else is there, man? Like, yeah, He's the next man up. Do you know what I mean? Like, if McCarthy's sure. still crooked, then fucking hell. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Maybe sure. How, how often? Yeah, that's right enough because it's a European game. But honestly, like, everyone was like making a joke about how Rogic and Turnbull couldn't play 90 minutes. Now they're playing 90 minutes twice a week because there's nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> Rogic, I think, has thrown three, three extra lungs this season. Like, he's, yeah. he's always half a lung, Rogic, and now he's up to yeah. like, you know, three and a half, four lung, Rogic. He's. Actually, getting through ninety minutes. It's not good no. though. <laughs> so they're getting the Lee Griffiths fitness program where you just play every fucking minute a game to get fit. Yeah. And complain if you don't. I used to call it the John Hartson system. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Call Mark style. That's how you get fit too. Get my fitness in game. Put his hot chips down and go go out for a run, and after three or four games, he's laughing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, into Aberdeen. Celtic versus Aberdeen. What are you expecting? Well, I'm not going to even talk about 
what you expect the lineup is. We all pretty much know what the lineup will be with one or two. Who's going to be left back? Who's going to be right back? They're the only two changes we'll probably see because we don't have any other players available. Well, so. well I'll, make, I'll make one comment about the lineup that I believe that in midfield we'll probably have um, Roderick Turnbull, maybe McCarthy, McGregor, and we'll also have Scott Brown as well. Like, that's that's the surety. <laughs> like, I don't care what fucking top he's playing in. <laughs> he's a Celtic player. <laughs> Oof, it could be interesting, actually. But yeah, it's yeah. a real classic sixth versus seventh mid-table battle, isn't it? Um, captain in my fantasy team this week. Take it off Ramirez for them because I don't want him to score any goals. Yeah. I guarantee they're going to score a goal, though. Um, oh, I'd be surprised if we win, to be honest, in the form we're in. We've lost every away game this year. Not won an away game since 14th of February. Honestly, do you see us winning it? I don't. I'm saying 2-1, I mean, and it's going to be off an own goal from them. There you go. I, I, I personally think we could win it. I, yeah. I, I think I think, I think, think in a away game in Patodri is exactly the type of place where we might turn it around. We've had joy there before. So, you know, I'm thinking of like back in, you know, the boxing day games and stuff like that, where it's been back and forth and it's, you know, with people, you know, with teams have been scoring both ends and stuff. I think that's probably what we're in for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the game I'm talking about. Yeah, so I, I think something like that's going to happen. A massive back and forth, lots of goals, and I think we'll probably... I mean, we're both equally shy at the moment, so... <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I think it's going to be quite an even game, but I think... We're, we're, playing, just... we're playing for the Clusterfuck Cup. Yeah, yeah. Because both are absolute cluster. Could win, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, I could shag Kelly Minogue. doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> Pretty unlikely. But still, a, it's a physical possibility. Yeah. shot, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I, like, I, I, uh, I, I think it's going to be, I don't know, like a 3-2 game, maybe a 4-3, something like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be one goal, isn't it? Yeah, there's no, yeah, it's not going to be. It's either going to be a, a one nil or it's going to be a massive scoring game. What well, was it? The Celtic TV pundit at the weekend when Dundee United scored went. Well, it's guaranteed there's going to be more goals in this game. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he said that, I was like, "This is finishing one each." That's it. Because he said this. He jinxed it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, so- I, I don't think we're going to win. I'm just saying. I, I don't. I think. But yeah, 2-2, two, two. it's a Desmond, Desmond 2-2. Two, two. There you go. All right, so what we'll do, you want to uh, do a final thought each to finish off the pod? Yep. We'll start with you, Sean. Uh, get it up here, Royal Madrid. <laughs> In case you missed it, they got beat at home by an absolute Diddy team. That was a, I enjoyed that. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was a big shock for the world, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you got, John? Um, I, look, I'll just reiterate what I said before, which is I think um, let's not be too reactionary here. Let's give Ange and anyone at Soic the absolute opportunity to um, to prove us wrong or right, whatever, however you want to phrase it. And my one is using a very Aussie saying, calm the farm, everyone. <laughs> we'll get some players back. Things will be all right. 
And I'm going to throw one extra on in just for fun. How good's Lionel Messi laying down under a wall? Like, with everything he's done in a career, for him to go, don't worry, guys, I'll lay down behind the wall and cop the ball, get kick square enemy. No worries. All good. I'm like, legend. <laughs> Humble leadership. I just had to throw that in. Couldn't help yeah. it. True story. I was trying You've to put had- it in somewhere earlier in the pod and couldn't find a spot. So I'm like, no, I'll just throw it in now. You'll hurt Ferdinand's feelings by saying that, Jared. He'll take that to heart. What, Rio? Yeah, yeah. Did you not see his I'll reaction? Hit him with it's on my bookshelf there. <laughs> it was given to me for, as a shit KK present at work because this bloke I knew was a crazy United fan. He gave me Rio's book. So if Rio wants to go, I'll hit him with his own book. There you yeah, go. Yeah, he's, he's an active listener. He's he's a regular at the yeah, cool. Under- <laughs> at the declaration of war, Rio. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Please do subscribe for our podcast. Um, we've got our Facebook page and group, Instagram and Twitter at Celtic Down. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Check out our website for articles and everything, CelticDownUnder.com. Thanks, Sean and John. Hell, yeah. hell. Hell, hell.